0: The year was nineteen eighty eight, and this nasty virus crashed fifteen
1: hundred systems in one day.
2: Fifteen hundred and seven.
0: Hello, and welcome, welcome, and hello. This is Wake. You Haven't Seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies, and specifically we find a movie that at least one person has never seen before, and that's the movie that we talk about. This is episode number 27. I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. Um, The movie that we're talking about this week is the 1995 film Hackers, and joining me, I have Christina.
3: Hello.
0: Hi. Uh, I also have AJ. How's it going? Good, good. Um, Keith. Hello. Hey. And David. Hello. Hi. Um, so, okay, David, I know you had never seen this movie before, correct?
2: That is correct.
0: All right. Anybody else had never seen this movie before?
2: I had not seen this movie. Oh, okay. So we have two. Oh. All right, good. I've seen this movie many, many
3: times. As have I. I've, I've <laughs> probably seen this movie too many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: entirely possible. So uh, 1995, um, Hackers, and it's it's more of a crime uh, film's more of a kind of I don't want to say action film because there's not that much action in it but it's even though it's titled Hackers it's certainly not an, an accurate portrayal of what hacker uh, life is like I mean I think we we all pretty much know that yes
3: well it's a oh Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood version of Hackers yes oh my
0: god Christina and I were having I
2: be friends with this movie
4: right Christina <laughs> and I were having this conversation the other day we thought it was a more legitimate appearance of the actual act of hacking but Mm -hmm. total garbage as to what hacker life is like
0: oh yeah absolutely no it uh so this movie took the star wars approach to sound in space where like okay the the realistic approach is you have no sound in space right but star wars made the decision no that's boring that's going to be boring let's have sound and this movie took the idea of hacking, the subculture of hacking uh, and hackers and that sort of uh, cyberpunk type of idea, and they said, let's make that into a world. Let's, let's look at that aspect of things much more than just the actual sitting down in front of a computer doing hacks and, and that kind of thing. So they, like, spiritually, I feel like they got sort of the right idea going. And yeah, right. they, they used a lot of references to, uh, you know, William Gibson and the Gibson computer And just all these, you know, hacker references. They had uh, people that were involved in um, the hacker culture in uh, New York City at the time um, as technical advisors. But they also sort of knew, like, look, we need to make this Hollywood. We need to make this, you know, cinematic. A bunch of guys sitting in a basement room typing on a keyboard, not going to be very cinematic. Um, So I I have to give them a lot of passes on, you're right, the the technology, the techno jargon complete bunk it's just worthless uh for the most part right you know they're they but i Uh,
3: think a lot of it was actually right except for the speed of that modem
1: oh you mean the 28.8 bps modem (laughs) how risk architecture is going to change everything
3: well risk was actually architecture that was there that was just coming out but it, it kind of got incorporated into a lot of what the technology that we use now instead of being the main head
1: Right, I know power PC is is gone and dead, but
3: not so. The is still out there for servers.
0: Well, I, I kind of want to get into some of that that topic in a little bit, but I, I like to start with the cast um, on when we talk about these movies. And for this movie, this cast is actually pretty impressive. And um,
2: yeah, we saw Freak back in Con Air.
0: That's right. That's uh. So we have two connections in this movie. So I, I do like to find the connection to previous movies we've watched and. In this movie, Renloy Santiago played ha, played the Phantom Freak, and we saw him in Con Air. And then also, Mark Anthony uh, was one of the um, Secret Service agents, and he we saw in um, Bringing Out the Dead. So two people in this movie that have appeared previously in uh, our show. Um, but you look at, you have a very young Angelina Jolie, right? She's 20 years mm-hmm. old making this movie. Um, this is the first movie I ever saw her in. Because um, I saw this movie when it came out on VHS, which would have been about 96 or so. Um, and I remember picking it up at, uh, you know, horizon video or blockbuster, whatever it was called at that point. Um, because I was like hackers, that sounds cool. And, uh, and I loved it from the get go in part because like, I knew it wasn't accurate, but it was a lot of fun and it had just the cast. So, so Angelina Jolie, Johnny Lee Miller, who I did not realize was, was, uh, British at all. Um, until, because I didn't see Train Spotting for a few years, so it was probably I think I saw Dracula 2000 before I saw Train Spotting, and I thought, wow, the dude from Hackers does a really good British accent um, and it turned out, no, that's his normal accent and he was doing an American accent in Hackers uh, That was also his first uh, film role um, Looking back, he had done a ton of work prior to that, but it was all TV, it was all uh, English TV So okay. was, this was his first film, and uh, I think he was fine, I don't think there was anything wrong with him in this movie at all, um he, you know, he played the part pretty well. It was a fairly straightforward part, um, but uh, I liked him. I liked Angelina Jolie. I thought she was fine. She definitely, you can, you can tell um, that there's some talent there that, that still needs to grow. Um, and she got a lot better even just a few years later, I think, was when she got nominated for Girl Interrupted. But uh, she was fine. Um, and uh, this is the first time I ever saw Matthew Lillard in anything. Um, he and he s-
2: was out there.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that was his thing. So, you know, especially early on in his career, because he had done, uh, he did this, he did, um, Scream was the next year, the first Scream. Um, but uh, he was very high energy when he was younger. Um, and he still is. But this was definitely, like, his kind of a
2: role. Um, like, it, his character seemed like he would have been more at home in a stoner flick than a tech flick.
0: Well, Yeah.
4: I, oh, I, I mean, well, you know who he's played basically exclusively ever since then.
0: Shaggy. Shaggy yeah. from mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo. But no, I, yeah. I think like, yes, I can see what you're saying, Keith. But at the same time, the you know, every group kind of has that one guy that's a little bit out there. And this, you have to remember, this is the mid-90s. I'm usually
2: that guy. Fair.
0: But this is also, this is the mid-90s. And so somebody who is, you know, 17, 18 years old, right? They would have been born now, his character, Matthew Lillard, was about twenty five when they made this. Um, but his character is supposed to be, you know, a high school senior, so seventeen, eighteen years old, which means he's born, what, nineteen seventy-seven, mm-hmm. nineteen seventy-six, maybe, um, at the ol- you know, at the oldest. But uh the they have the whole running joke of like, well, his parents missed Woodstock and he's been making up for it ever since. Like he just fell in love with kind of the hippie movement, but also Technology. So he's and his character, um, Emmanuel Goldstein, is is named for uh, George or- Orwell's 1984 and the character of Emmanuel Goldstein in that.
3: Um, or Eric Crowley's pseudonym.
0: Yes, it's also that. It was both. Uh, so it was because that's where Eric Crowley took the pseudonym was from mm-hmm. Orwell. Um, and Eric Crowley wrote a hacker. Uh, was it Quarterly? 2600. Yep. And he was an uncredited. Um, uh like technical advisor on the movie too but that's so i can kind of see what you're saying but at the same time i think he fit uh because again it's hollywood so you're going to have this you know it's always going to be this big mishmash of like different personalities that probably wouldn't always all hang out together but then you put them in a movie and you set that movie in new york you're going to get this cross section you know and you had we already talked about renloy uh santiago he played the freak um Jesse Bradford was actually probably the only one that was high school age when they made this. He was sixteen um, when this film was made, and he he's had a decent career. You know, he went on and did uh, a few movies here and there. Swim Fan, Clock Stoppers, are a couple that I remember him from. But I thought I think it's funny that the um, the youngest cast member is also the only one that smokes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you notice, there's scenes where he was smoking uh, double fisted. He had a cigarette in each hand.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I noticed that and I laughed. I was like, oh man. Plus, yeah, memories.
0: You know, he's smoking and drinking coffee, and like he's like, I'm he's not an addict. I'm not an addict. Right. Um. So, and then Lawrence Mason was Lord Nikon. Um. And he, uh, I saw in The Crow. Um. And he's done uh, quite a bit, but I, I remember him from The Crow as Tintin, and this movie. And then Fisher Stevens plays the Plague. Um. It's funny because I was reading some reviews of this movie. And one of the things that people were saying was they didn't think the villain was that great because he wasn't uh, threatening. And I can kind of get that. Fisher Stevens isn't exactly a threatening presence. Um, but, you know, I uh, I still like...
2: Well, he did... He kind of gave me a vibe. He reminded me of um, Paul Rubens from Buffy, the vampire slayer, for some reason in this movie. Hmm. Okay. Um,
4: yeah. I think I said that to Christina also the other day. Was He was the least threatening... Main villain, I think I've ever seen,
0: and I think I want to feel as though that was a decision to have a like non physically imposing villain in this movie, but he just doesn't even come off as being um, threatening in any way, really. Um, I like he's Fisher. Trying to Stevens. Be th-
3: he's trying to be threatening with his brain.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, look, I like Fisher Stevens. I've seen him in in plenty of other things. Um, most notably was uh, Short Circuit. And he also does some audio books and he, he reads a couple of audiobooks that I really like. I like him, um, but he's not a threatening. He, even with the stuff that he could do and, and the, and he's a terrible person though. I mean, he's willing to, oh, yeah. he's willing to cause like oil tanker capsizing to get away with $25 million. Even in 95, you could have gotten away with more money than that for, for something that, you know, is that horrible. Um, Outside of that, there's not many other people that are uh, of much note in here. Wendell Pierce played um, the Agent Gill. Uh, Lorraine Bracco was Margot, um, the plague's girlfriend, and she was, she was horrible. Um, <laughs> she was just plain bad in this movie, and I've seen her, and she was great in Goodfellas. She was just not good in this at all. Um, in fact, I actually captured probably the worst red line in any movie that we have watched yet, and this includes... Things like Vampire's Kiss, um, which was you know basically just an acting class. So let me see if I can find it. Um, but uh, in the meantime, if you guys want to talk about, um, well, let's go around. So let's start with Christina. Who who is your favorite character in this? And then I also want to know who you think the best best performance was. Okay, so favorite character, best performance. So let's start with Christina.
3: Well, oh, I mean, favorite character would be Kate. And Angelina Jolie did give the best performance for the role that she was given.
0: Okay. Yeah. I can go with that. All right. Uh, David,
4: I, I pretty much agree with Christina.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we got some uh, Angelina Jolie love going on here. AJ, what about you?
1: I can have a lot of deviation on this one. Uh, I think Angelina did a hell of a job for this movie and her character besides Dade had the most, they actually bothered to flush out. Like there was some dimension, um, You know, from from that perspective, the movie was a little lacking in those details at times. But she, I think, did the best job, um, and her character was developed for this film. And yeah, Kate.
0: Okay, so that's your favorite character and best performance, right? Yeah. Okay. How about you, Keith?
2: Um, I kind of like the performance of uh, uh, the freak, especially uh, especially the scene where he's getting arrested. you know, where's mom? the mom's come on, arrest me already! Oh, you you mean yeah. this? Yes, that I had to pause the movie. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> um, I'm like, because you know, I, it seems stereotypical, but i I've, I've seen that happen in places that I've lived, mm-hmm. where uh-huh. you know somebody's mother or significant other just goes just loses it when the cops show up and the guy's just <laughs> okay fine arrest me already just get me away from her i think uh, uh i thought that was great um i don't know uh dade's the, the guy who played dade just i don't know maybe i was missing something but he just seemed a little a little under like the character was a little underdone okay yeah you know, dimensional
0: yeah and he was one under under seasoned or two-dimensional maybe.
2: you know I'm 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 like using food terminology here. I might be hungry. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, so we've got a we've got a vote for uh, for the freak as a favorite character. Who do you think had the best performance though?
2: Um, as far as for the characters they were written into, I actually think that Matthew Lillard really leaned into his role and really brought it to life more than like you, you got that character what that character was about all the time.
0: Okay, yeah. So basically, I mean, it, it's the argument that the character wouldn't have been the same if it was somebody else playing
2: it. Right. Right.
0: I can get that. All right. So you're the one dissenter in the ranks of everybody yeah. so far because everybody and Don't else... get me
2: wrong. Angelina Jolie was good in this movie. I liked her. It's just I felt that you know, you know, I, I liked Freak a little bit better because of that one scene and you know and uh, it's Matthew Lillard just just nailed his character
0: yeah no, I hey, everybody, you know you can you can like what you like. Nobody is gonna fault you for that. Now, personally, um, my favorite character was, uh, and this came from when I first saw this at you know 14, 15 years old was was serial killer. He just, I loved his spastic energy and it made me really enjoy Matthew Lillard. Uh, and we're getting some uh, in the chat here. Locutus uh, says, love Matthew Lillard's character. And I thought he did a good job at that role. And yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think he did play that role really well. He was my favorite character. He he has a lot of quotable lines. Um, he's memorable. You just, you remember serial killer. Um,
2: Gotta break the tension. And he does say, may the force be with you. Yeah, so,
0: as well. Um, but I will agree that Angelina Jolie was given the most probably to do in this movie it was her and johnny lee miller's characters were the only ones that had anything to them really but um but i think that she she did the best job in this and you can see um kind of the the budding talent that she was at the time um although matthew lillard um did bring some dimension to serial killer beyond just being the crazy one because he's the one you know he's the one brokering the peace between the two of them and like quoting the bible with them Mm -hmm. and he's you know he, I think there was more depth to his character, um, than a lot of people would think. So, um, you know, I liked, I liked his performance as well. I think Angeline Jolies was a little bit better, although he definitely did really, really well and got, he got so much better as he went on. Um, now
3: I'm noticing something with the picture that you have, have up, uh, where's Freak?
0: Yeah. He wasn't in the promotional photos for some reason. I'm not sure why. Hmm. Um, can I say something?
4: Yeah. Um, just it. Ooh, you got me there. Um, Thing. You know, growing up, everyone, you'd always hear, you know, people in TV shows say, you know, or even in real life say, oh my God, Angelina Jolie. She's so hot. She's the hottest woman in Hollywood. And I didn't used to get that until I watched this movie.
0: <laughs> no, you get it. Even with- I
4: just, I just wanted to say, I get it now. Yeah.
0: And, let's be honest the haircut in certain scenes was not overly flattering but she can pull that off um no it i 100 percent agree with you um this movie definitely helped me to develop a huge crush on her now she did say in some Mm -hmm. interviews post this movie that it kind of typecast her into the sort of um uh roles like that um but uh i i don't care i think she was great um
4: I would I would be wondering where that typecast would come from. I mean, obviously she was the super sexy love interest or whatever, but she was also smart.
0: She yeah. knew her stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. well, she was very She smart.
2: Was really the attractive and capable actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I thought that really showed through when she was at her own party in her bedroom and completely blew off her boyfriend to sit and play with the computer. Yeah. Yeah. That was just uh, just a wonderful like role reversal for the 90s where it's usually the guy blowing off the girl and kind of appreciated that. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, no, that and was and how they just
2: explained that the boyfriend was like, what does he do? Oh, he just looks slick all day, every day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. He was the arm candy. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Um. No, I look, I, I think overall this was a cast of a lot of very young, up and coming people and uh they all went on to have really good careers. I mean, Johnny Lee Miller still doing uh was it elementary, um, as Sherlock Holmes. Angelina Jolie, her career needs no introduction or no explanation. She's been a superstar. Jesse Bradford's done movies. Matthew Lillard has had a great career and he's gotten so good over the years. Um it, Outside of Lorraine Bracco, everyone was great. Lorraine Bracco did this. This movie, now, okay, this clip I'm going to play, you could tell when you were watching the movie that this was recorded after the fact and dubbed in. So apparently they must have like just had really horrible audio on set that day. Um, but this is possibly the worst read of anything we've encountered yet.
2: But you've created a virus that's
0: going to cause a worldwide ecological disaster. <laughs>
2: How wooden can you be? I mean, it, it seems like, yeah, it, it it looks like she's reading from a blurry page for the first time,
0: right? Just like somebody is standing off camera with her cue card and they, but they're like trying to move to get into her eye line or something. I don't know.
4: That was when they were like going up the
0: escalator, right? Yeah. Yep. And that whole, every piece of audio in that was dubbed in. Yeah. That entire scene was dubbed. Um, and there was some dubbing done in this movie. So, all right. This movie came out as rated PG-13, right? Um, and it was filmed as an R. Uh, I'm convinced of that. Number one, uh, you see Angelina Jolie's boobs a couple of times. Now, you can get away with that in PG-13, um, especially back not, in the It's not like 90s. they
2: were just out there, out there, right. either.
0: But um, she, so there's that. But outside of that, there were some lines of dialogue that they overdubbed in the final. And blatantly that you you can see the person speaking and you can tell that's not what they're saying. Bridget actually
4: caught that before I did. There was a line where uh, uh, Angelina Jolie's, what she says is shit, but that's not what her lips said.
0: Right. So I actually, I do have those. So let's see. Uh, Okay. First one was um, when Joey's talking about uh, hacking the the bank when they're sitting in cyberdelia. um, And he says this.
1: Some cash machine in, like, Bumsville, Idaho.
0: <laughs> you <can laughs> Bumsville. Even, you can even hear it in that audio. You can tell where the where the onset audio and then the ADR comes in. But you could see his lips. He wasn't saying Bumsville. Um, and then there was one later with Angelina Jolie when they're looking at the um, computer and Dade's typing on it. And she says this.
4: I hope you don't screw like you type.
0: And that's not what she said. That's what I was thinking.
4: It yeah. wasn't the other one. Bridget also, actually caught that.
0: Also, can I say the as much as I love this movie, the sound of the keyboard, that super echoey keyboard, bothered the hell out of me. Um, and it wasn't
3: even that type of keyboard,
0: right? It's not even a mechanical keyboard to begin with. And then they wait. Yes, thank you for the demonstration. You're welcome. Um, but they like add all this reverb and echo to it. It just so it sounds like you're typing in a bathroom, um, and <laughs> it bothered me. You know, there were a lot of stylistic choices done. That's probably the only one I really didn't like. I don't mind the rest of it. Like, they're, okay, the costuming. I love the costuming. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, the whole concept was that these are kids that are basically just buying everything from, like, resale shops. And in New York, you can certainly do that. But I totally bought all of that, like, 100%. And it was great costuming. I thought it created uh, really good Characterizations um, based on the costuming, with the exception of at the house party, um, Angelina Jolie's makeup just made it look like she'd been crying for like six hours. I didn't like that makeup, but I mean, on the whole, the costuming and the makeup and everything was great. You know, you got uh, just this kind of like secondhand resale shop, holy you know holes or or things that aren't uh, they don't fit quite right. Like nothing Matthew Lillard had seemed to fit him properly. And granted, you know, he's
2: that one actually looked like you like he got his stuff from resale stores, whereas some of the other characters, it's like, where where are you getting this? And all it, that it, platter. It too... yeah. yeah.
0: And I did read that they did get all the costuming from actual resale um, stores because um, they did most of the filming for this in New York. Um, but that was that was definitely the idea behind that. And um, I loved it. I loved the, the look of everything. I liked how Cyberdelia, this kind of hacker um, sort of this subculture place where they all go to hang out and just the, the look and feel of that where they, you know, you go in and it's like, it's got
2: ramps going down
0: and
3: it reminded me of the, the hideout in the Ninja Turtles movie. The yes.
2: It did. It did a bit, but I'm just, I didn't really like that, that rollerblading track because it's like, wow, you're going to go to this place to escape and be free to run around and tightly follow somebody on this tiny track it it didn't that that didn't seem very realistic to me but that's well
0: me. yeah but i don't think um i don't think that that would necessarily that wasn't necessarily their way to get around in there that was just like they know that a lot of them probably rollerbladed it was just a way to get around so they had ramps to get down and then you take your rollerblades off and hang out um
1: but uh rollerblade skateboard yeah i remember the 90s having a lot of rollerblading. I mean, I was from the Detroit area, but I remember rollerblades being as common as bicycles, if not more so. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, it makes sense. I mean, it's a quick, easy way to get around, especially in a city. Um, now, the the cast did get together and um, for three weeks before filming just to hang out together, get to know each other, and learn how to skateboard and rollerblade and um, take uh, – Supposedly, they learned some hacking, or at least went to like uh, I think they went to a meeting of twenty six hundred, um, and uh, yep. and all of that. So at least they could kind of look the part. Um, but I do think that that spending three weeks of time together before you film the movie really did help their chemistry on screen.
2: Yeah, I they mean, they all interacted fairly well. The other thing with Cyberdelia that bugged me was uh, that one console that Kate was playing on that Dave comes up to. It's just that it seemed a little overmuch, you know, like they're going to try and fit as much stuff into this place to generate revenue because if it's an arcade, you're going to be dropping quarters.
0: Right. Well, I can see what you're saying there. But again, that's one where you have to kind of park your brain. Like it's not realistic, but it's more cinematic.
2: I think I might've just been having trouble parking my brain for the night.
0: It could be, because um, they definitely leaned heavily into the, we need to have stuff that's cinematic looking. Um, right. That's why every computer interface is, looks nothing like any computer interface that has ever
1: existed. Um, to be fair, uh, to, to see a bunch of white type on black command console isn't the most... Exciting thing for most people, and probably oh. doesn't lead to the cinematic experience.
0: No, absolutely, one hundred percent. That's why they went the direction that they did, and I'm glad that they did. What I thought was kind of interesting, though, is so the Gibson computer, right? Probably the most ridiculous-looking uh, interface of all of them. Two things. About oh, you that.
2: mean the one where there was Pendulette?
0: Yes, we'll get to him. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, so, two things about it. Number one, it was modeled to look like a city, like New York. So that's why everything is these tall pillars and there's little, like, bits of information that are flying around on the streets. So that was... Yeah, that was the idea behind it, was to make it look like a city. But that was all done through miniatures and motion capture. Um, or not motion capture, uh, motion-controlled cameras. Uh, no CG was used to make any of that. Um, in fact, they used very little computer-generated imagery in the movie, um, outside of, like, the some of the interfaces. But most of... Uh, most everything else was done um, practically. And that was because the director felt that CG at the time would be too flat of an image, and he wanted more depth to everything. So I thought that was kind of neat that they went that route and built uh, that interface the way that it is. It's completely ridiculous, Um, (laughs) and it makes no sense. Like, there's no structure to it whatsoever, how you navigate around. It's just like this flowing, swooping thing. But, you know, it is what it is, and I didn't hate it. Um, but I do think it's more impressive to have done it with miniatures and with motion controlled cameras.
4: It, the, the little Gibson computer, of all the things to remind me of, it reminded me of Futurama with everything going super fast on the streets, like and with precise turns and precision sort of movement. Yeah. That's just sort of what it looked like to me.
0: Yep. And then it had that weird like touch... Keyboard that plague would use, where he with basically circles on it. Yeah. yeah, with circles on it, he basically hit like three keys on it at any point. All he just hit the same key over and over. Ha! <laughs> I'm hacking. Ding ding. Um, Let me just press the hack button. Yes. Um, to bring it back to Cyberdelia, just real quick. So the console that you were talking about, Keith. You know what game that was? No, I don't. So it might look kind wipe of familiar. Out. Yeah, it was an early yeah, prototype of Wipeout. Wipe hmm. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat too. um <clears throat> Yeah. So, okay. So we, we've, we've talked about, uh, favorite characters. Um, I've talked about how much Larry Bracow was terrible in this. Um, did you know that Angelina Jolie and Johnny Lee Miller got married after making this movie? I, I
1: did, did not, not know. No.
3: Yeah,
0: they Didn't. stayed together for about four years and apparently they're, they're still like friendly. Uh, but, um, okay. The hacker handles. So I got to ask David as somebody who did not grow up in the nineties, obviously, um, i was there just to point that out yes technically (laughs) you were there but um you weren't part of like that iteration of the internet and cyberspace um yes i was not
4: born in the 80s is what we're saying
0: exactly so and you know nowadays people have twitter handles and and whatnot but i i feel like if you're under a certain age the handle isn't as important does that make any sense i
4: mean I can see why it would be in this day and age of contacting by just going for their name via social media or the, or just knowing their phone number and having you just click on their name in your phone. Mm -hmm. But I was also, I played video games. So the gamer handle was something that I was sort of aware of. And I mean, I've been what I've been online for a really long time now. Um, but I do know that it was important with, like, you know, AOL and AIM and instant messaging and and that, and I understand that.
0: Well, I guess, I get, kind of my point is, like, okay, you have your, your gamer handle online, and you have kept it, and it's been the same for however long, but does it feel as though that is, like, a, an important... Um, identification for you? Do you feel like that's part of your identity or is it just, this was the name that I had and I kind of like it and I'm just going to keep it? Um,
4: uh, I would say probably not because I'm not as worried about anonymity. Whereas the internet back then I know was, you know, you're being told to stay anonymous. You're being told to not, uh, you know, talk to strangers, that sort of thing. So having that handle was more important.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, now, Christina, you, you, probably are going to be as close to uh, a representative of somebody from this movie as anybody on this panel today. Um, how, what do you, what do you think about uh, the handle um, as it, you know, as a thing? Because I kind of, there's a line in the movie where Joey comes up to him and he says this,
2: I need a handle, man.
0: You know, and he's just like, he's desperate to find like a handle. He Only character in the entire movie that doesn't get one, by the way. Um, he's just Joey. But, you know, it's okay. And Locutus in the, in the chat has said, you know, for me, it's more of telling people a little bit about myself. And that, that's kind of what I'm getting to is like early on, especially, I feel like handles were were an extension of yourself and your personality. And so you took a lot of time to create or think of uh, a good handle that fit who you were. Um, whereas nowadays, like I know, um, I mean, my stepson's got uh, a gamer handle and it was basically a generated one on Xbox. And I know quite a few people that have done that. So, Christina, wh- how about you? Uh, where, where do you fall on that?
3: Well, it, it's definitely a part of who you were or who you were trying to represent yourself as uh, out there for others to find you.
0: Okay. And, you know, AJ, you're a little bit younger, but you were still um, kind of in the same culture. Keith, you're you're about the same age. Uh, what do you guys right. think? Let's go with uh, Keith first. Um, as far as like, because you have, you know, what is it, Cer- Cerberus, right?
2: yeah. Um, generally wherever I go, I try to get, you know, some variation of Cerberus or Cerberus scales and it's just, it's, it's something I, I hit upon one day kind of as an idea and it just stuck with me and I kept running with it. Um, just any system that I'm on, you know, there are people who know me solely as Cerberus. You right
0: know? okay so it, it is part of your identity in a way um yeah and i guess and, and i
2: i kind of get the i kind of get the handle thing because you know it i mean even even the term handle they kind of took that from you know uh citizen band radio mm-hmm. you know terminology and that's that's what you knew somebody as was by their handle um so yeah it it, it was a
1: bit of your identity i think
0: yeah it, okay and, and i think
1: go ahead AJ. back then it, it literally was like if you'd approached someone and said you pick a name you know like this is what everyone's going to call you you got to choose your name instead of a parent and that's the level that people treated it with and people went by it i mean we we mentioned er- uh, earlier uh, eric corley you know like he literally you know has gone by emmanuel goldstein mm-hmm. like, that is well known enough that like that was his handle for so long you know that and so you see a lot of that, especially with the older tech when it wasn't as popular. And in a movie like this was even before ICQ and AOL instant messenger. So like when people were using the bulletin boards, the only way for you to have any reputation was by someone recognizing the handle and associating the handle with the things you've done or said. Right. So it was low, well, you know, there was like a lot to it at that point.
0: I mean, you think about it, even in this movie, like Dade doesn't want to he's he's a a bit ashamed of what happened to him when he was you know 11 so he doesn't want to let people know that he was zero cool even though how much credit you know how much street cred does that give you if you're the guy who at 11 years old crashed 1507 systems in a day right I mean he's revered but he doesn't want to be so he creates a new persona a new identity
2: I Um, I think he more creates and it felt more to me like he was creating a new persona so as to not draw attention from the wrong, yeah. from the people oh, no. that he felt would be the wrong people.
0: Yeah, that's, you're you're very, you're correct on that as well. And Locutus brings up another good point. You know, it's your online identity. And if you picked it wrong, you were always going to be known as that. Like, you kind of didn't really get a second chance um, necessarily. You know, once you had a handle and you established any kind of a, a uh, an identity, Comradery. that was who you were. Um, you know, I picked mine. I mean, I, I go by pretty much everywhere I can as TV's Travis. And that really came from, um, I was a big fan of mystery science theater 3000. They had a character on there TV's early Frank. on TV's Frank. Exactly. And I always thought that was funny, you know, cause that used to be a thing you would have, like somebody would be on a show, um, as a guest star and it would be TVs, you know, who, whomever, cause they were known as being on TV and they, and so they made a joke about that with TV's Frank. I thought that was funny. So I adopted that many, many years ago and I've kept it ever since. Um, but uh, kind of getting back to my original point, the the handles in this um, in this movie were they they kind of sound today a little ridiculous. Um, zero
2: but, cool, come on. I, I mean, mean, zero chill is a thing now, but
0: eleven. Well, he a he was eleven years old and it was nineteen eighty eight. Um, point. But no, I mean, you have there's some you know. I think these are fun character names. You know, you've got
3: meet serial killer.
0: Like serial killer, and it's a nice play on serial number or serial drive. And you've also got, you know,
2: you know, but then they're like, Fruit as loops. in Fruit
1: Loops,
0: yeah, exactly. Um,
1: and they reference it again when he's at Dade's house, and it's like, yes, he already found the fridge,
0: yeah. Oh, god, that was, um, <laughs> that one was actually one of my favorites. I did capture that because it cracked me up still.
1: Listen,
3: you guys, help yourself to anything in the fridge, cereal has. because that's
0: that's such his character, too. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I liked Lord Nikon. I liked, uh, you know, the Phantom Freak. And that one is, you know, phone freaking was a thing. Um, especially. Yeah, and
2: they showed him doing that, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they Multiple did. times.
0: And uh, I did like, so he was, the, he introduced himself as the Phantom Freak, the king of 9X. I never knew what 9X really was. Um, and it turns out what it was is it was a telephone uh, network and exchange in New York and New England. Hmm. So that was why he was the king of nine X. Um
2: also he did the uh the Hannibal Lecter thing with the uh you know, ten taps for 0
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, to get operator.
0: Yep. Uh and I did like that uh at least for um, you know, Eugene Belford, he you know, he was My name is the plague. And so Penjillette, which Let's we didn't, the plague. We didn't talk about uh Penjillette as the the one little cameo that uh, I remember actually recognizing even back when I first saw this. Um, but then he has the great response to that line with uh, Mr. the Plague. Mr. the Plague. Yeah. Um No, I just think I, I loved the handles. I loved the names in this. I dunno don't, I don't what it maybe it's because of when I saw it and so there's the nostalgia to it. It just I've heard people talk about oh they they just sound silly, serial killer, Lord Nikon. No, I think those were great. I think and it fit the time. I mean this movie is very much a nineties time capsule. I
2: mean, lord that nikon name. he was the one with the photographic memory too right exactly yes
3: which was why he used that name
2: no no now, i all I, of their names when i was watching the movie for some reason it just stored in my brain as lord nyquil <laughs> i you, you can ask travis this has happened more than once with more than one movie it's very even true. sitting there watching a movie with him it's like why do they call it, it's this uh that makes more sense now <sighs>
0: So, yeah, yeah yep, But all,
3: all of their names have a link to their character.
0: Yeah, and their abilities, their what they what they do, who they are.
2: Um and Joey was just Joey.
0: Yeah. Yep.
3: Because he was new. He was learning.
0: Yep, it's very true. Um, you know, you had uh, Razor and Blade, um, which are silly and they had that cheesy show and, and all that. But I, I
1: like the fact that they had the little TV show.
0: Oh no, no, that was great. A little pirate show, basically. Or oh. they were kind of yeah, I mean it was Kind of a, an unlicensed pirate show. Um, you no, know, I, I thought the characterizations, I thought the, the naming was pretty cool. I liked the visuals of this movie, personally, um, for as ridiculous as it is. Like, it makes for a more fun-looking movie when you've got, you know, the shots of, like, one person hooking up their, their computer to a payphone and, like, four people standing around as the lookouts. You know, almost like they're doing something, like, they they definitely shouldn't be there, so they got to be on the lookout in case somebody comes along. Uh, kind of thing. I, I, I think that made it a little bit more, you know, cinematic and
2: a little bit more exciting. Um,
3: Poor Officer Gill. Yeah, oh, his <laughs> <It's a laughs> timely death.
2: Uh, it says here that Officer Gill is deceased. I, I'm what? Yeah, cutting his credit card at dinner. You know, like, and that was. That and I like was... the phone calls.
1: Yes, yes, I know where you can put it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh yeah. So that was great. The personal s- ad one. Yeah, so
0: the script for this movie, it, I can't call it great because it seems a little bit unfocused. Like, it, it it takes the movie about an hour before it really finds its footing, and that's about the end of, like, the, the hacker competition where they're uh, dealing with Gil. And then all of a sudden, it gets a more serious tone, and it kind of finds its footing, and you get sort of... So it's it's almost like the first hour... Is just we got to set up the world, we got to set up the characters, which is fine, and I, I don't have a problem with it, and I enjoy the movie. Um, but I feel like it could have been a more cohesive story because it does feel a little bit disjointed. And I did notice, especially this time watching it, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, um, but it was kind of difficult for me to get a sense of how much time was passing. Mm. And the reason oh, for yeah. that was because you would have a scene. And then the following scene, they'd be, you know, Dade would be dressed differently. And then you'd go, you'd have the next scene, he'd be dressed like he was two scenes ago, like exactly the same. So it just, some things felt a little bit out of order. Um, and that kind of messed with my head uh, as far as like cohesiveness. Cause it's like, well, how many nights in a row was he at Cyberdelia? Or was this all the same, you know, the same night? Or like he has a meeting with somebody and then he goes to bed, but then he goes to that house party. So. You know, that, if I had some gripes, I mean, that's a gripe I have with the movie is it does feel a little disjointed at times. Um, almost like it, it didn't have, it had a lot of really good ideas and had a lot of good, like, scenes, but they couldn't figure out how to put them in what order. So they just sort of played fast and loose and, and tried to, they, they ended up making a cohesive story, but I think it could have been better with a little more preparation,
1: maybe. Not hmm. wrong. I think it still comes together. the The one word I would use to describe the film overall is fun. Yep. It is a fun film. I can't say that it is a quality film that no one was going to get an Oscar out of this, no. but it's not bad. But it is fun. It was enjoyable to watch. I may have been trying to take this movie a little bit
2: more seriously than I should have.
3: I it's very quotable.
0: Yeah, I I think that is entirely possible because it sounds like you didn't enjoy it a whole lot, Keith.
2: Not a whole lot. I had a lot of moments where I had to I had to stop and and like that. That is not how a display functions. I, I had a computer back then. That is, that is not how that works.
3: Oh, there's a lot of that in the movie. Yes, yeah. it, like it,
2: it, like it's, each letter coming up, like it's coming up as they type it. It's like that bugs me because you you don't get any text, you know, you don't see any real time typing from people. No, in real life. I mean, it's I that that always bugs me in movies.
0: No, it's I like, can see oh, what you're this saying. this is
2: like but are you, are you typing something in and then having come up this slowly? It makes it like, look like they don't make know. It from, yeah, it's yeah. like,
0: how is this master hacker able to type, you know, seven words a minute? Like, right. Yeah. And I get can, away with it. I can see what best you're saying.
3: Best with the best.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and this movie is very quotable. I, I agree with AJ in that it is fun. Um, so I'm not sure what you're doing a, there,
4: David, but. Uh, sorry, I took a. Uh, one note from this movie okay? uh, because my intention was to take notes and I only ended up writing one and the font that Acid Burn was talking to Crash Override with at the beginning of the movie was the You Wouldn't Download a Car font. Oh yeah. (laughs) I never made that connection. It was the uh, Pirating is a Crime PSA font. I think Uh, that makes it
2: that much better. Yeah.
4: That was the which, only note I took.
2: Which means that that Do Not Pirate PSA took something from a movie about hackers. Did they did they use that font with permission? <laughs> or is this like a widely distributed font? Because if so, then technically the Do Not Pirate thing pirated the hacking thing. Well, you the question is, you, you, yeah, You're you'd have PSA to look that up. Not. Right. You'd also have to wonder if they did it knowingly. Oh, I'm sure thing? somebody in that department knew.
1: All right, so those that try to enforce the rules don't always live by the rules they try to enforce. That's a good point. Um, okay, Society's so we, we got
0: Keith's uh, take on the movie, and he didn't you uh, didn't enjoy it a whole lot. Um, but David, what did you I, think? I of had a first? lot of
2: I had a lot of trouble being friends with this movie.
0: Yeah. No. You you sent me that message uh, earlier
2: this afternoon. I mean, um, it it wasn't it wasn't quite sinking the ice shelf, but it was it was approaching at times you wouldn't steal a car came out in
0: 2004 no yeah so nine years later um all right so david what did you think of it as you know being the first time that you saw it
4: um i didn't hate it but i know we're all kind of techie and it kind of got a lot of eye rolls but i i I really enjoyed the plot and the premise Mm -hmm. i think the acting and the writing was lacking but i enjoyed it it was fun just like you said
0: I think if you if you go into for somebody who's seeing it for the first time, um, lower the expectations. Turn your brain off and just enjoy the goofy spectacle that it is. Because um, it was a small, you know, it was only it was a twenty million dollar budget uh, was was what this movie was made for. Um, it did not make a whole lot of money. Um,
3: a little over seven mil.
2: Yeah. So um, and I, I I think what it was is I came into it thinking that oh okay it's a hacking movie swordfish was a hacking movie and that tried to take itself seriously i should probably try to take this seriously
0: did it though
3: you want a good movie? <laughs> no no sneakers. i'm not saying
2: I'm, I'm not saying that swordfish was was you know a good hacking movie i'm just saying that movie tried to take itself seriously
0: mm, okay i guess um christina you're right by the way sneakers is a great hacking um noted so yeah um now locutus in the chat brings up something his he says his favorite scene is the fight between um sir or between crash override and acid burn in the tv station and just that whole that scene that's his favorite um (laughs) so let's talk favorite scenes in the movie because it's basically what this is this movie was a um a collection of kind of vignettes almost um so does anybody have a Let's start with AJ. A favorite scene in the movie, or do you just kind of enjoy the movie overall? Because I know I'm gonna guess, given that you've seen it multiple times, you enjoy this
1: movie. <laughs> I, I do, I do. I, I, I don't take it seriously. It's it's up there. It's kind of like Goodwill Hunting, which I think is a better overall movie. I just I enjoy. I can throw it on almost in the background and just follow along in my head and pay attention when I know the the you know X line is going to be set or scene is shown. I do like three key scenes for me that Mm -hmm. I've just always really liked is is the first one is when he's standing in the hallway with the umbrella and then the freak (laughs) yes mile just so brilliantly done obviously anybody you know if we took this seriously anybody would know the person with an umbrella in the hallway is the one that did it right why would you have been prepared for this Um, and then the other two which I think tried to add depth but was just kind of funny the way it ended up working out was the two dream sequences date had and then kate had because they're trying to develop that sexual tension which never really gets there but just like the way that the two dreams worked out and how they kind of had some little like twists in them and they just both wake up and i just thought it was kind of funny to have those in the movie and was just a a funny little something extra
3: yeah okay yeah Yeah, yeah, burn waking
1: up was definitely more of a
2: wtf was that right (laughs) yeah look on her face and then the smile right right and i i thought i thought that fit her character like wtf 100 percent. i also gotta say
1: the the one scene where they first go into the classroom where dade first gets in and they're doing the quotes on the board because then you also have lillard who's like this isn't shop class (laughs) yeah he was just (laughs) crashing yeah um, again a bunch of little vignettes but just little funny things they don't mm-hmm. any of them could have been removed without affecting the storyline but they were fun little ads right and the hallway thing
2: the the, the best line is that it's like what did you do oh, i guess the pool on the roof must have sprung a leak yeah yeah <laughs> like oh Oh, payback. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> well, okay, so Keith, did, even though you said you were having trouble being friends with this movie, did you have a scene that stuck out to you um, that was um, particularly memorable or that you enjoyed
2: um, at all? I, You know, I really enjoyed um, them. The, the things that they were doing to Gil, like these, these are definitely pranks you would pull on, you know, somebody you didn't like, you know, but they just kept... <laughs> hitting this one guy over and over and over with all these things. And it seemed like, it's like, man, this guy, this guy's going to have it out for them so bad. It's going to be, it's going to be, he's coming after them like the principal from the breakfast club at this point,
3: you know? The thing is, is he doesn't know it's them that's causing all this stuff to happen. Right.
2: But all the same, you know, when he figures that out, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, that mess with the bull, you get the horns kind of thing suddenly.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you like that montage. All right. Now, Christina. Yeah, and um, Oh, go ahead.
2: And I also did I also did love the hallway scene because of that line that I mentioned.
0: Yes. And that is a good scene. Yeah. Now, Christina, I, th- I think it's fair to say that you enjoy this movie, given that also you have seen oh, yeah. it many, many times. Um,
3: yeah. No, my favorite is, again, the montage going against Gil.
0: It's a good one. It's very memorable for this movie. How about you, David? Did you have any particular scene that you liked maybe more than some Um others?
4: I, th- I think I just liked the climax of the movie where they're the where they're in the hacking battle with uh, with the plague.
3: Yeah,
0: where they're where they're in Grand Central Station and uh, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, yep,
4: yeah. How I, about I you, I, Travis.
0: Well, you know the the climax of the movie is a lot of fun uh, because of the way they staged it. Um, but if I had to pick a favorite scene, I actually like uh, the scene where they're in the hallway um, going to Nikon's place for the first time because you just kind of have this, this interesting energy because you don't know where they are, why they're going there. And, you know, they open the door and he's like, and he slams the door in their face, but he's really just putting on a whole show uh, for Dade. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, but at the same time, you've got Matthew Lewis, like, I don't like this neighborhood, but then he's asking to crash. There. Like, something about just that scene. And in, uh, in general, always stuck out to me. Um,
3: yeah, I could see that. That's definitely a good scene. You know, can I crash here tonight?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's always asking for that. Plus, I loved, uh, I loved the delivery of this particular line.
2: What your mom buy you a pewter for Christmas?
0: Because I remember people calling computers pewters, mm-hmm. and so for whatever reason, that just kind of stuck with me.
3: And then the scene things. when he finds out he's zero cool.
1: Yeah,
0: yep.
3: Man, I thought Dude,
1: you were I think black. That we lost some things from. What's that? It's good that we lost a few of those things from the 90s.
0: Some of that 90s jargon? You mean like uh, like this one?
1: Yeah, I bet it looks crispy in the dark.
0: Something looking crispy. Um. Yeah, there was some very, very 90s uh, 90s lingo in this movie. Um, but, uh, no, I look, I, I enjoy this movie. I don't take it too seriously. You can't take this movie seriously. I think that's where a lot of the people that, that rag on this are because they take it far too seriously. Um, I will agree. And uh <clears throat> you know, if you can park your brain at the door and you can just enjoy it for what it is, which is Hollywood, um it's fine because there there are kernels of things that are actually like legit in this. I mean, the first thing Dade does is social engineering, right? I've yep. always liked that that's how they started out the movie. Like the first thing he does when he can get a computer at 18 is he calls on the phone and gets the security guard to give him the modem number. Now, nowadays you obviously wouldn't need that. Um, to do it that way but social engineering is still a huge thing and that's where most uh, most hacks and or data breaches happen are through social engineering so I like that they incorporated stuff like that you know they yeah, have... I like
2: that, that I really did like that that was in there because my limited experience with any of this stuff that I knew that that was a thing as to how to get in and it was just like you know tricking people into giving you a you know username and password or stuff like that you know
3: yep. yeah that exactly. blt drive
2: yeah, yeah, I had a good chuckle at that one. I mean of course at that point he looked like he was just trying to BS the guy. So
1: Oh yeah, that that was totally the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mr. Kawasaki was gonna ask him to go Harry Kerry
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean it was all it was all just, you know, complete BS to get uh what he wanted, but that's social engineering. Um so I liked that they did that. And I liked some of the subtle nods, you know, calling the computer a Gibson. Obviously William Gibson is who they're referencing there. Um and uh I like that. Even something simple like at the end where the, the final thing says Arf Arf gotcha. Um yep. that was uh there was a fairly well known um one of the earliest Trojan horse um things from like the mid eighties uh would do that. It would write out it would write out Arf Arf gotcha on the screen. So I thought that you know, that's something hmm. that if you were into that scene in that time then you would notice that but if you're if you were like me i didn't i didn't know a ton about the hacking community at at the time that i saw this for the first time so i just thought that was funny um but then go ahead
1: the books that they're going through the first time they go into the cafe yeah those those are are all yeah those are all accurate like Mm -hmm. those all existed they were dod manuals ibm and yeah that was just spot on uh they didn't read red so book they... that doesn't fit on a
0: bookshelf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep, exactly. No, I I liked that. I liked there was there were little nods and little things in this movie that I thought kind of elevated it above what it was um and made it more enjoyable. I mean even something as simple as at the end of the movie when um Bell, when the plague is on the plane, his uh pseudonym that he's under. Is, he says, you know, my name's Babbage. Well, Charles Babbage was an inventor of one of the earliest forms of a computer. So it's like even little things like that they were just peppering them in. Does it make the movie accurate? Hell no. Do, does it make it enjoyable? I think it does. It's not a good film. Okay, it's not... AJ, you brought it up. It's not an Oscar winner in any way. But it's so... It's it's just fun. It's enjoyable. Park your brain at the door. Enjoy the 90s-ness of it because it's about as 90s as a movie can get. Um, and have fun because in, you know, in the end, that's what a movie is for, in my opinion. And this one does it. I think this is a lot of fun. And, Christina, you even mentioned... <clears throat> very quotable i still quote stuff from this daily i mean it's little things like can this wait until both my eyes are open please um you know it's stuff that i use in kind of my daily lexicon uh a lot of it i got in this movie um so you know that's me i mean it's my opinion i enjoy the hell out of this movie um i recommend it to people all the time uh,
2: <coughs> and I... I also like and how did they load that much onto that little floppy disk that quick.
0: Yeah, you know, that's one thing. People, kids, especially kids today seeing this movie are going to wonder what the hell he's... Uh, Why does he on.
2: have a 3D printed save button? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Well, you know what, guys? I want to thank you for joining me this week. This was um, a fun movie to do. I'm glad that I got to show both David and Keith this movie for the first time. Uh, Keith, I wish you could have enjoyed it better, but I, I think, I personally think if you watch it again, knowing what kind of after this conversation yeah. i think you're enjoying yeah. it a lot
2: more yeah I, I i didn't know to park my brain beforehand and i couldn't do it after i'd started it just you know i, I was already in drive i right. couldn't park it
0: and it sounds like david you had kind of the right mental uh state coming in um where well were... i i didn't have any
4: idea going in the only things i knew about this movie beforehand was Christina getting me hyped up to watch it like the week before, I'm like oh my god, it's going to be great. You're
0: going to love it. Well, I know Christina had talked it about like this. It, I... Yeah,
4: it sounds like it I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I'm not. I'm not mad that I've seen it compared to some other films that Christina said I should see <laughs> on this show.
0: Oh uh, well, I personally uh, adore this movie, and uh, I watch it uh, usually every couple of years. I'll I'll pop it in and watch it, or you know, pull it up on. I guess it was on Amazon Prime now, and I just enjoy enjoy the movie. Um, and yeah, so uh, AJ, I'm I'm glad that you were able to be on, and um, I know this was one that I've talked to you about this movie before.
3: Oh yeah,
0: and Locutus says this is one of his top ten movies.
3: I can agree. I think it's in my top five.
0: I don't know that I can put it there. I it's hard. It's hard for me because
3: a I'm... lot of it's nostalgia for me though. Because well, it was like, I, I... for me, it was. I was about their age at the time that I saw this movie, about the time that it came out. So it was right there. I was in the computers. It also included the manifesto, yes. the uh, confession, and that is that whole thing actually resonates with me completely. Yes, and you because put that. I in was our, that kid.
0: Yeah, and you put that <laughs> in our chat, which was cool too, um, and that was fun to read because um, I knew that that was a real thing, uh, but I had never actually read the manifesto. So um, no, I look, I enjoy the hell out of this movie. Um, so yeah, I want to thank you guys for for joining me this week. Um, it's always fun to talk movies with you guys. Uh, we try to, we do it every week. Um, we stream it live now on Twitch, uh, Sundays at 8 PM. Um, so, you know, keep an eye out on, uh, various social media things. If you find, if you follow me at TVs, Travis, um, on Twitter, I post about, uh, what we're going to be doing. Um, I'm part of some, uh, Discord servers and I put stuff about it in there too. Um, so, but every Sunday, or we try to do every Sunday, 8 p.m. Uh, we record the show. It goes out as a podcast on Wednesdays, um, and uh, I think next week the plan is to do Watchmen. Is the movie? Uh, we'll see. I have a, a special guest lined up for it. Um, if he can do it, if not, we'll switch it up and do something else but uh that's the plan right now is to do Watchmen. um you can find our show at tvstravis.com there's a subscribe button right there to go to or apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, all the normal podcast places um and if you can get in there if you do listen to it on something like apple Podcasts, give us a review let us um you know if you like it give us a five star review it helps us out a lot um but uh yeah so i want to thank all of you for uh for joining me so we're going to go around the table and let everyone say goodbye uh starting with christina
3: Thanks for joining. Remember to watch good movies.
2: Yeah. Uh, Keith? Even if you don't like the movies the first time around, give them a second shot.
0: That's good advice.
2: Uh, David? I can't believe you got Zack
0: Snyder for next week's
4: podcast.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think so. Yeah. So about that. Um, and uh, AJ? Oh, I'm
4: sorry. It's your friend, Jack Schneider.
0: Yes. <laughs> and how about AJ? You
4: just don't have to
1: be great to be fun.
0: That's very true. It's true. Very, very true. Uh, So thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. This has been Wait You Haven't Seen. And remember to get out and enjoy your movies. The he's deceased. i um, what?